0: Blue. Are you glad to be here tonight? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Summer's coming. We got daylight, sunshine, and everything. So. Hey, Amen. All right. Well, we got so many phones up here, and <laughs> All right. Hey, Amen. We're. I don't. I don't even have a title for this lesson. I never did come up with one, but. Uh, a faithful mark. I guess, that Clifford, thank you. He, he put it up there. All right. I, I said, if you come up with something, put it up there. So, <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to read from Philippians chapter 3 and verses 12 through 16. And, of course, uh, very powerful here. This is uh, Paul writing from prison. And uh, the book of Philippians uh, is all about, you know, it's not about any corrections that need to be made or you know, people like the Corinthian church that are like, you know, not doing so well, but Paul's writing here in the book of Philippians is all about encouraging and letting them, reminding them that above everything you've got to hold on to your joy and you've got to rejoice through it all. Because the Bible tells us that that what That the joy is what our strength. Joy, is our... joy is our strength, right? Say that again, please. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on, amen. Now, I don't know how you know you uh, it, it, to be strong in something, right? You have to, pretty, much, you have to work in that area, and so the more, you know, joy is a really, really, it is a very prevalent uh, idea throughout the entire New Testament. You know, I mean, the big three are, are what? Faith, love, no, the big three are what? There you go. Faith, hope, and love. But then the Bible talks about that the Holy Ghost is not meat nor drink. Peace Peace and joy. Joy, joy, joy. So literally, joy is a part of God and what He wants to bring to us. And so, we're going to read this and then we'll uh, we'll get into uh, a lesson here. Not as though I had already attained. Either were already perfect. Anybody perfect? Just one. There you go. Alright. At least we have somebody working towards that. Alright. Either were already perfect. But I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Thirteen brethren. I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, I forget the things which are behind and I reach forward under those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect. And here it, it's not talking about that word perfect is better translated mature, okay? Because as much as we try, we're reaching toward perfection, modeling our lives after only one, Jesus. But some of you, I hate to break the news to you, but while you're still in this flesh here, this body is earthly, you ain't never going to reach perfection. So, we might as well just forget it, right? No. Okay. It says, Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if anything, be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Verse 16, Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Might have got too far there. Okay. So, I... Uh, you know, as Paul is writing here, he's writing from his mansion. He's writing from a five-star Hilton on the beach. Oh yeah, right. Now, where's he writing from? Prison. Writing from prison. He's writing from prison, and he's he's reminding us, and I'm going to take us to another uh, setting of Scripture here to kind of get this thing rolling, but He's reminding us that, you know, there are things that are going to come against us in this life, and you might as well prepare for it, because things are going to come against you. Things are going to come in life, that are going to try to take away your joy, your peace, your right standing with God, mm-hmm. it's gonna to try to, you know, trip you and make you fall and make you feel like that it's not worth it. Come on. And there are really there are three main areas that you know that uh, persecutions or afflictions come at us and and try to get us off of focus, right? Now, I would probably, if I was in jail, I probably wouldn't be talking about I'm pressing on toward that prize of the high call, right? We'd probably be singing that song that Kathleen and the girls, uh, I think Hazel I'm gonna go eat a can of worms, how's that go? <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm just gonna go eat worms. Because it just, you know, ain't going well. But there are three areas that we come most, I, I think we can categorize them are three areas that we come under attack when we're trying to live for God. Anybody know what they are? Job was the prime example. The Bible says that the adversary came and says, hey, you've got hedges built around this guy. And there were three main areas, okay? One, his finances, his wealth, his possessions, right? You ever have a bad day when you, you know, when you lose your job or the car breaks down, it's going to cost you $5,000 to fix or the roof leak, okay? The second thing is family. Anybody have a bad day when you have a, You know, a family. anybody ever have a family problem? Never. No, we don't have family problems. We're in the church. We don't have family problems. Oh yeah. Right? We're in the church. We don't have money problems. And then the third one is the biggie. What is it? Hell. Hell. And Job? Job lost all three of them. I mean, not a matter of months. Not a matter of years, right? He lost them like... How many days? Like right away. I mean, one messenger after the other messenger after the other messenger. Well, if there was ever a New Testament example, it would be Paul. But I want us to turn... I want us to turn to Mark chapter number 10. And uh, I think Brother Cliff it begins with uh, verse number 17, but I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it here and summarize it so we don't have to take a lot of time in order to uh, kind of keep us in our, our thought here. This is the story about this young man or this man... He comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? How many of you want to live forever? Yes. On this planet, how many want to live forever? No. Okay? No. So he says, What have I got to do? I want this gospel, this eternal life thing. Jesus says, Keep the commandments. The man said, Well, in the Amplified Version, he says, well, Lord, I have carefully guarded and observed all of these and taken care not to violate them from my boyhood. That's pretty strong, huh? Yeah. Can anybody sign, that, uh, sign on that dotted line? Probably not. Not me, but some of you, I'm sure, probably could. And notice what in verse number 21... Jesus looked at him and loved him. The Lord, says that the Lord loved him. He says, you lack one thing. He says, sell everything you have, give the money to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me, walking the same road that I walk, one version says. And... Verse number 28, further down, Peter says, Lord, we've left everything and are following you. And in 29 and 30, Jesus said, there is no one that has left the gospel, or that has left home, family, for my sake, or for the gospel's sake, but they shall receive 100 times as much in this life and eternal life to come. And no, we got it. Come on. I didn't read something. What did I say? Verse number twenty eight. Right? Persecutions. Thank you, Brother Sergeant, say that again. With persecutions. Oh. How many of you want a hundredfold blessing? Come on, sure. Yes. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's like me giving you a dollar and it turns into a hundred. He said, you in you that? Ask your that for a dollar. It turns into a hundred bucks. That's good, right? Okay, yeah. Go do that next verse. Please. But it says, a hundredfold. He says, nobody has left anything in this life without me blessing them a hundredfold in Houses, family, land, with. Why does he have to put that word in there? Is that S O S? Right. But okay. Now, how many of you want a hundredfold blessing? Nobody. Yes. I do. Yes. How many of you want the persecution that goes along with it? How many of you believe that Paul was a very blessed man? Yes. Yes. Whoa, was he blessed. But how many of you know that there was no one ever persecuted like he was? See, what Jesus is saying here is that, listen, you, I will... Trust me, I am going to bless you in this life. And I'm going to bless you in ways that the unbeliever, that the unchristian, will never be able to experience. But it's going to come with some things attached to it. Because Jesus said, if they didn't like me, you know they ain't going to like you sometimes. And if there was ever a day where we are starting to see, and not just see, but we're starting now to experience this thing that is coming against Christianity. It's today. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, hey, don't worry. It's the way that it happens. He says, but I'm going to bless you a hundredfold in this life and then you're going to have eternity to look forward to. So, I was, uh, you know, as I was thinking about this, uh, and and I know we have young people here today, and I don't want to bring this up too much, but it's a fact of life. There's no reason to try to hide it. It's one of those things. But uh, how many young people know that, People get sick. Do you know that yet? Yeah. People get, yeah, people get sick, right? And so lately, uh, Kathleen and I went to uh, Seattle yesterday for uh, memorial service and for Sister Blaylock, and uh, we ran into a bunch of people, of course, over there, up and back in one day, but my goodness, found out this one has an illness, this one has an illness. And i think. well, that's... Too weird, and then I, I don't know if it was her or somebody reminded me. Well, you know, that's what happens to old people, and sometimes not old people. But life is going to be filled. I—one of the scriptures that's always caught my attention was the—the the, uh, words that it used when Jacob is wrestling with that angel all night long. The Bible says he struggled. Life is a struggle. And if we if we're in this race, if we're in living for God just for the feel good, just for, you know, the what I can get from it, you're it it may not Work real well when you face a pers- persecutions that can come in so many different areas of your life. Yes. You've got to at least understand that Jesus said you're going to be blessed, but you also are going to have to trust me when the times come that you are not going to feel like being, you know, doing your happy dance. And so, and Jesus told him, He says, sell everything you got and then follow me. So, this hundredfold blessing with persecution, all right? I want. I want, uh, maybe somebody can read, or we'll follow along. Brother Cliff, could you go to 2 Corinthians 11, and we're going to read verses 23 through 28. Okay, now Paul was already prepared. Okay, Acts 9, what did the Lord tell him? What did the Lord tell Ananias actually? But remember, he says, he says, Ananias, don't worry about Paul. Okay, I know you're a little bit afraid that he's going to come, you know, or throw you in jail or something. He says, but don't worry about it. He says, because I must show him, okay, how much he is going to suffer for my name's sake. So he was already preparing him. But I, I just wonder if Paul thought. I wonder if he would have signed that application, all right, or that commitment form, if he would have known actually what he was going to go through. Now, this sometimes when I read this, I, I, I can't even. I, I, it's hard to believe. It's hard to imagine that somebody that was chosen and the greatest Christian probably in the entire New Testament would bring us how many? 13 books? 14 books? Whatever it is. And he would do so as far as we know and now you people who went to Bible college maybe you can, or study you can correct me, but I want you to, to look at the apostles and, and Paul included. How many do you read? How many uh, uh, do you read about that had the support of their sons and their daughters or their wives and their aunts and their uncles? That's always kind of captivated my... How many? How hey, hey, Peter's kids were right there, right? They were saying, "Yeah, Dad, we're with you." You no. Hmm? No. ever read about it? No. Blank, zip, nothing, right. Right. nothing. And we don't really know, right? But I think part of it is that the Bible is trying to let us to know, right? Trying to get us in that frame of mind. That when it comes to serving God, when it comes to your own experience with God and being successful and living for God, it is gonna fall on your shoulders. Yeah. And so here's Paul. The the most he tells us he's the chiefest of sinners, but he's the most blessed man that ever walked the earth. And, here, here's what he's talking about. He's saying, hey, are they ministers? Talking about the rest of them. He says, I am more, and labors more abundant, and stripes above measure, and prisons more often, and death often of the Jews. Here we go. Of the Jews. Okay. Brother Mark, read death, Remember what we Of the Jews. What? Received so at forty stripes, save one. So that means. Five times he was beaten thirty-nine lashes. Okay now here, road really cool, pulses, top off. One two three. Okay, rest tomorrow, okay? <laughs> you know how they did that back then, right? Yeah, all right, for the young people, you ever, mom and dad ever give you a woman? Don't raise your hand. No. <laughs> but, okay, five times, five times, 39 lashes. What do you think his back look like? Maybe they had a couple of stars. He said now you and I, okay, we have all right, we have money problems, we have family issues, we have husband issues and wife issues and Non-wife and non-husbandish. We have kid issues, and we have, you know, I get it. I get a headache, and I'm down, like right, you know. But I never get headaches, so I'm not usually. down, but I know people get headaches, and they're like, they can't even turn the lights on, right? They got to lay on their, put blindfolds on, all that kind of stuff. But if I get a headache, I'm like, wow, where'd that come from? But We have, we think we have issues. Brother Kelly, you got issues? You got issues like that? Hold on. Okay, keep going. Oh, here we go. What does that mean? Three times I was beaten with rods. What does that mean? Sister what does that mean? That they caned them? Again, 39, probably. No, they could go up to 100 or more when they can out. I think. That poor guy. Oh, and, and then... I don't know, man. Here's a good Hey, if my ship goes down, I'm done. Right? I mean, if my boat crashes, I'm done. Man, I'm not, you know... I'm saying, okay, God, apparently you don't want me to do nothing more. I get it. Oh, no. Paul said, no. I'm going to build another boat. And that one goes down. Right, Cooper? You're saying, okay, I don't know about you, but this is not right. And apparently God's pretty mad at me. And then three times he goes down. And then oh a night and a day. Somebody tell me what that means. It means he was clinging to a shark's spin for a day and a half out in the middle of nowhere. Now I don't know about you but if, I'm at, if I've been beaten now eight times and stoned, alright, and it's not the happy stuff we're talking about here, stoned. When they stoned somebody in the New Testament, the Old Testament, okay, they didn't, you know, they, they didn't expect you to get up and walk into the town the next day and start preaching again. Is this even possible? Jesus said, but, he said, but I'm, I'm going to bless you. Yes. I'm going to bless you in ways that other people cannot understand how it is to be blessed. You know what part of that is? A good part is the peace that goes beyond what? Understand. 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 goes beyond understanding. And it's the joy that is unspeakable. And it's full of glory. And it brings strength. And it allows Paul, when he's in stocks, and I don't know if he have been beaten in Philippi or yet or not, but he's in stocks and in silence. It's midnight. And what does he begin? He, he starts to do his happy dance. And God says, oh, well let you, you're doing your thing, let me do my thing. And what are we told, the Bible says, that the prisoners here, the foundation of the prison has shaken. And everybody's shackles come off of them. You talk about a prison break. <clears throat> but Paul says, hey. Go ahead. Is there another one? Another cut? Oh, here we go. We're not even done. And journeys often. In other words, he said, "I had to, I had to park my BMW in Richland and catch a plane to Seattle, and then from Seattle, I had to fly. I had to fly all the way in this air-conditioned airplane to Myanmar." Now guess how they traveled back then? Mason, how did they travel back then? Yeah, or sometimes rode a bumpy camel? Or they jumped in a ship. Now, what kind of conditions, what kind of living conditions were on boats back then? I mean, sanitary conditions were just supreme The food was just, you know, it was like a Disney carnival ride. Right? I mean, it was, the living quarters were immaculate. Internet was working. You could Zoom home. No. No, they had to hop on a boat and probably you know get seasick and i'm just okay now i don't want to get too descriptive right but i wonder how often they got to take a hot shower i have no idea but I know that it wasn't, you know, it probably, uh-huh. yeah, that's it. You know, do you have to go all that deep into this up <laughs> I'm just saying, this is the real deal. And then he says, oh, yeah, and then there was robbers after me and his own countrymen, the heathen were after him. They were after Him in the city. There were perils in the wilderness. There were perils in the sea. There was perils among false brethren. And weariness, painfulness, watchings that stuck about fasting, hunger, thirst, fasting, and cold nakedness. Besides that, I keep thinking about the churches that I've started and the ones that I want to start. And these are fresh churches with no New Testament. And you and I, we get, you know, don't Peter says, hey, don't think it's strange when fiery trials come against you. Because they're going to come. You might as well just mentally accept the idea that health issues, family issues, personal crisis, money issues, they're going to come. But Paul said, you need to remember Jesus told the young man, you're lacking one thing. Paul says, I press toward one thing. And the one thing is, he says, I press toward the high calling that God gave me. And he said that no matter what it takes, whether it is through the power of his resurrection, he says, I want to be there. He says, and in the fellowship of his sufferings, I want to experience the full thing. And that is why, folks, that he could write that God would use him to write more of the of the really of the knowledge of God, than probably anybody ever experienced, because he went to both extremes. He knew what it was like to be absolutely on the top of Mars, right? Don't well, kid yourself. We already went to all went to Mars, and. He knew what it was like to be down and up. He says, he closes out, right? The fourth chapter of Philippians. And he says, rejoice. How's it go? Rejoice evermore. And again, I say rejoice. rejoice. Why? Paul knew that this life, you got you got we you got to remember folks, this life is temporary. Yeah. This is not the full spectrum right. of what God has for his people. This really is just the test ground. What he's got for you and I is an actual new world order. Mm-hmm. Right. Only he's gonna be in charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And there aren't going to be any, you know, any robbers running around. And there're not going to be any, uh, you know, any hatred. Or it's going to be, it's going to be life the way that He designed it in the original form of the Garden of Eden, with men and women, with the human race living. In paradox, yes, yes, I but right now you're going to have to put up with some stuff. Amen. Right, you got to put up with. It. But you can't ever forget <coughs> that we are pressing forward. We're not looking back. We're <coughs> going forward the world don't even know what way they're going. They don't know whether they're going to the right or the left or front or backwards. They got no idea where they're going. But what, they, what we know that they're doing, according to the Bible, they're on the wrong road. And it's not gonna do them any good. But to you and I, we gotta, Paul said, you gotta kinda buckle up a little bit. You gotta have to endure some things. He says, but don't lose sight of what we're in this for. We're in this for all the right reasons. God loves us. He's with us until the end of the world. Until the end of the world. Amen. All right, why don't we stand? We'll be dismissed. Hallelujah. Appreciate each and every one of you. You ever hate. When you think you're having a bad day, just read that book, 2 Corinthians 11. You think you're having a bad day, read it. Or have somebody read it to you. Right? Say, hey dear, I'm having a bad day. Read to me again what, you know, what a bad day is. Amen. And, and, but you know, that doesn't take away the heartache. It doesn't take away the pain. Doesn't take away all that. No? Doesn't. That doesn't mean that it's not real when it comes to each and every one of us, because it is real. We feel it. We experience it. But you gotta take it in perspective. You gotta, gotta make sure that you're seeing everything and you know through the lens of the Bible. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. All right. Sister Reyes, would you be so kind to pray this message? Lord, we thank you for the words Paul and we'll that he said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present life are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall one day be revealed in us. And Lord, we look with Amen. All right. Lord bless you. Thank you, Jesus.